0: So, for those that are new to the show, and welcome aboard. It's the Plank Show on the Ref with Josh on Plank. On Mondays, it is a Sooner-centric show, man. We're going to talk OU for three hours. Then on Tuesday, we'll start diving. I see a few of you asking about Dion. A couple of texts on Baylor from over the weekend. Some of you dogging the SEC for their lack of Solid performances this week with LSU and South Carolina getting beat, but there, there is a time for that on the show, and that begins on Tuesday. Wednesday is Wipe It Wednesday, your last chance to get your thoughts in from the weekend that was, and then Thursday, of course, features Thursday Worries, presented by Realtor Chris. I don't know if that's an official. Presentation or not, but he called dibs on the Meyer
1: Chevrolet text line. So we will get our full report on whether or not you've ripped up your Texas Tech Big Twelve champion ticket. Can I uh,
0: can, can I break format here for one quick thing? Sure. What a sign of the times that when people are looking for some sort of answer about how things went or or what went wrong. They didn't really turn to the coach or they didn't really turn to the athletic director. It was a page-long post from the guy who is the biggest donor and created the Texas Tech Collective that sends out, like, the post-game response. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I saw that, and it was from a Tech fan in my timeline, and it's, like, some really good stuff in here. I'm like, so this is where you all are turning to now. You're going to turn to the money man and be like, hey, hey, you good? I know we don't, but are you Okay. Please keep giving money to our guys. Let's go. I, just, I don't know why that caught me funny. I hate it for Tech fans, but listen, Wyoming's no slouch. It sucks for me, Josh, because that was the final two of my upset special in the Ref Royal Rumble. I had either Georgia Tech or Texas Tech. And the only reason I didn't take Texas Tech is because of Tech, Tina. That's it. The only reason. If you were there on Saturday as we get you back to sooner football. I thought I thought the pink shirt push is hands down one of the coolest grassroots fan created events that I think I've ever seen. It was and again it's nothing negative about Oklahoma. It was nothing official from the university. Whenever the news came out that uh, Julie Venables was battling breast cancer, immediately, I mean, immediately, Josh, it became, let's pink out game one. Let's pink it out. And, again, it by no means did he get to the point where you're like, whoa, it's pinked out. But I got to be honest with you, man, I was pretty impressed. I was pretty impressed. So many people that I talked to the night before the game, where were they going? I got to find a pink shirt, Plank. Here's what Brent Venable said about it afterwards.
2: The people of Oklahoma, again, this is my 15th year here, and uh, you know, all of my children were born here in Norman, Oklahoma. So, um, uh, I'm not surprised uh, by by the people of Oklahoma, the love, the support, the compassion, uh, and the loyalty. Uh, it's second to none, and um, we're incredibly grateful. Uh, and Again, for us and for Julie, as I've said before, there's no question that uh, this, is, this is an opportunity for us to be a blessing for a lot of people um, that are going through similar hardships or even worse. And there's plenty that are a lot worse. And so uh, it helps you have, a, a, again, a great appreciation. And, uh, but for, for us, you know, we're incredibly thankful, but not surprised. And uh, so that's cool.
0: Uh, I'm not surprised. Every time I hear someone say I'm not surprised, Josh, I, um, I think, I think the mindset that I go to is Nate Diaz whenever he beat Conor McGregor. I'm not surprised, but how cool was that? Right? You could see it dotted throughout the stands. Whenever you were walking from wherever you came tailgate-wise, there were streams of people everywhere. Uh, You could see the pink all over the place, and I thought that was really, really cool.
1: Oklahoma fans, just uh, first class, right? And, I mean, the push for this, really, as soon as fans found out, and uh, like Coach said, not surprising, Oklahoma fans are awesome. It was
0: really cool. All right, um, your choice here, Josh – do you want to hit more of the text line, which is pretty hopping today, or do you want to hit a little bit more of Coach Venables' audio after the show? I
1: I think we can do both, but let's let's start with Coach, and then we'll just, okay. just rip right into some text okay. line messages. Let me get
0: a couple more here from Coach Venables. There was – I don't know necessarily if there was a push by any stretch of the imagination, but there was a lot of, hey, how does this feel as compared to – last year kind of thoughts and even even questions. And, you know, I thought this was really good from Coach because you just – it's – I don't think you want to get into the, the world of comparing, but at the very least, it's got a different feel to it.
2: Wait for it. Five or six games. Um, what I've seen on the field and practice in, in the meeting room, I, I, we got a better football IQ – um, we've got more guys that are capable of playing winning football. Um, we're, look, we're more physical, uh, you know, from the back end to the front end. And um, we've got great competition that, and to me, I see continue to play out that's going to make continue to make guys better. But we've got really strong leadership. And, again, it's a, it's a group of guys that like each other. And uh, so all those things, you know, having been together for um, – you know, in another year, uh, being in the systems for another year. And we have several newcomers, but they, they've they adjusted really well. And I think that's, you know, critical too, whether they're freshmen that got here in, in June or transfers that got here in June or, or guys that got here uh, collectively together here in January. Uh, you know, we have several of those guys too. And so it, to me it's a credit to them and our players that willingness to accept them and help them you know, get to this point, and and then again, their character. You know, guys, it, it's not just about them. You know, put the team first, and I think that's a, a critical part of all of it to get your chemistry and your cohesion, and the love, the trust, respect. You know, uh, and again, the season and all of its challenges will test all that too, and and so this is you know, a lot to in front of us still.
0: You want to get to the. Uh... I don't know, the one consistent Grinch that people seem to have. You want to talk about pass rush here? Sure. Let's get to it. All right. Here's what Coach said about what the uh, what the pass rush looked like. Because, again, it's not always about sacks, but.
2: It's, you know, probably solid. You know, I don't, I don't think they stood back there and held the ball forever. They had a, a bunch of seven- and eight-man protections at times. And so when you're rushing four, you know, you, you don't have a very good chance of getting there. But our coverage was pretty good. We we had a few holes, uh they hit a couple things on us, you know, catch and run. We had a bust, um really one glaring bust, and then we fundamentally we didn't do um you know, the long long play they had on third and ten uh was a was a, a bust and uh and then you know, we had a fundamental thing happen later uh with uh with a, a vertical route, they hit a couple of seams on us. But uh, again, the, the pass rush—it's hard to tell today. And the, you know, the, if it wasn't three-step and a screen game, then it was seven and eight man protection. But it has improved. Um, again, we'll see how how much you know here over time.
0: What'd you see from? What'd you um? Uh, what'd you take away? At all
1: concern-wise. With the pass rush, Josh, anything? I'm probably more like what Coach Venable's is saying right there. I'll take him at face value. That look, seven, eight man protections at times, and the football's getting out quick. So time will tell. I, I don't know that we know. What what I do know is Oklahoma pitched a shutout, right? And a couple mm-hmm. of times, a couple of times Arkansas State hit a hit a couple of chunk plays in the past game. And uh, Oklahoma defensively stiffened up, forced a couple of field goal tries that were missed. So, all in all, am I coming away disappointed about Oklahoma defensively? No. If anything, I actually uh, at times thought coverage looked a little right. leaky. So, you know, but again, that's, that's getting pretty nitpicky on it. No, I
0: agree. I agree. Um, all right. I got more from Coach I want to get to, but I feel like we need to hear from the people. Here's one from the 405. With you, Plank. The game was very bearable Saturday. The low morning temps, early kick, and an actual breeze throughout the stadium made it toler- tolerable. I've been in worse Miami a few years ago. Hashtag Sooner D. Uh, then there was this from the 405. You were pointing the thermostat at a sun-heated tarp. pointed at the grass to be more accurate. But I, I I wasn't the one that was taking any of the temperature readings. So I don't – I mean, I can show you the picture. The tarp is next to it, but it's clearly being pointed at the at the grass. I don't – I mean, unless you're Dr. Clazel, who sent said picture um, after standing right next to him and watching him do it, he was definitely pointing it at the grass. But no, 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 I mean, please, please correct me on that. Would love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, Josh. I'll send you the picture and you tell me. No one's trying to make it be like, oh my gosh, why were they playing, blah blah blah. But I just, I think that there is a certain point where it's like, wow, that was really really rough down there on the field, right? That the heat made it a little bit more bearable. Oh, this one, if he's not get, that's after he has the reading. Did Dino put this on TV last night or something? Is that where people would have seen it? Probably, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. He had already got the reading. He was pointing right next to it. So I, I understand where that might be the case. But no, no, no. He was – that Clazel was getting the reading right there on the grass next to us. Why would you want to argue that? Though? That's my point. Why, why is that something – like why would anyone want to fight about that, Josh? It's really cool kind of insider information, if you will, right? We have the thermometer down there. Wow, 143 on the grass. That's crazy. Point it at the grass. I mean, why would that be – I mean, I, I, I don't – you have to take me through your thinking there. You trying to say it was any less miserable for some people out there than it was? <laughs> I I need to understand the why behind that. Yeah, that's I, where I'm perplexed.
1: I, I don't know. I guess just if I can make an argument for it, it would just be people saying like, hey, well, it's not really 140 degrees, but everybody knows that, right? I mean, right.
0: I'm not sitting there telling you that we were uh, you know putting the brownies uh, right next to the <laughs> right next to the field. It's it's a reading they
1: got. The so, bottom line is you know it. it I know hot. it. It was. It was very, very hot. Sooner Soldier writes,
0: was it more or was it me or did it seem those Arkansas State players were faking some injuries because of us running up-tempo offense? Uh, I don't know, Josh. That was a hard thing for me to tell down on the field. I know Coach Venables wasn't like losing his mind about it. I know he didn't seem to be protesting too terribly much. Did the TV guys talk about it that much?
1: No, no. And, again, (laughs) it's game one. You're in that kind of heat. There's going to be cramping issues across the board. I, I just, I don't,
0: I don't know when. I think there's certain obvious times, right? When you see a dude go down, like go down. That is one of those moments where you're like, okay, something bad is here. When you see a guy that kind of looks around and just falls, you're like, all right, that's a little bit fishy. So I, I think it's in that heat, in that, in those elements, I think it's kind of hard to point a finger and go fakers. Though some of those were perfectly timed. Uh, and from the 918, clearly it's overreaction Monday. OU played great. Arkansas State had two Sunbelt Conference wins over the last two years. Enough said. Bro, we, we've got another, what, hour and 45 minutes to go. I'm, we just can't end it there, can we? <laughs> hey, that, that guy just said overreaction. Enough said. Man, I still got two and a half more hours more to go, and Ted's already bailed on our roundtable, so it's just me, Toby, and Josh coming up. At the bottom of the hour, I just can't tap out. Uh, UConn, Bob. I keep saying there's two more quick ones here. I want to get to Josh, and then we'll break. To the people that are concerned about performance versus opponents, it's like saying a hole in one at Hefner North is not as good as a hole in one at Oak Tree. What was the green like? I I'm so I don't know that point, UConn, Bob. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then from the 405, why did Sawchuck not play? Now, my man, I'm here to give you the answer to a question that I know you've asked quite a bit. And I don't know if Toby and TJ just refused to answer your text from earlier today, uh, but I totally got you right here. Afterwards, well, afterwards, one of the last questions was Coach kind of giving an update on a few of the players that didn't play. Uh, here's what Coach Venables had to say about R. Mason Thomas and Gavin Sawchuk Because they're going to be a part of this this year.
2: Yeah, so they both could have played today, but we chose to hold him out. Again, Mason had a ankle uh, early in camp, and uh, he's looked great, but we, we thought about – I mean, hopefully he did not have any setbacks, but we would expect him to play this week. And uh, and then Gavin, is, his words will tell you, he's about 95%, and, and so we decided to, to hold him today.
0: There you go. So you can feel a little bit better about it. You can feel a little bit better about it. He was moving around. He was jumping around. He looked good over there. <laughs> he looked like the Gavin Sawchuk that we saw. So, I would assume he's going to be a guy we see against TCU, right? All right what did I say to SMU. Florida State. Sorry, FSU. I'm getting my U's confused here. I assume we're still going to get a chance to see that. But I did – I. You know, Brent Venables has talked about the best ability, uh, availability. And it became glaringly obvious, Josh, that Gavin Sawchuk has not played very much in practice. It's not a knock on him. It's just he's been dinged up, so he hasn't been able to – what's the best way to put it? He hasn't been able to show out in practice. He hasn't been able to go 100%. So there's that.
1: And meanwhile, there are other guys that have, and you want to reward that. And guess what? <laughs> the other packs looked uh looked good, right? I mean, Toby Walker did some really nice things bowling into the end zone. Javante Barnes, I thought, ran it well. So uh yeah, reward who's been available. All right. Um we got a break.
0: Toby's gonna join us at 1030, uh 1035. We're going to do this every Monday. Uh, typically, Ted would be a part of it as well. I'll tell you something. It's, um, it's a fun Monday. It's a fun Monday, and we're talking all things Oklahoma's win over Arkansas State right here on The Ref. Really good stuff on the kinnipal Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get back to it in mere moments, but right now, let's go to the phones. The – Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Looky, looky, who better to kick off a Monday than Coach T? What's going on, Coach T? Hello, Chris. <laughs> How are you, bud? Oh, I'm
3: great. Day off. Don't have to drive the kids to the school. It's great.
0: Great day, and, man.
3: Uh, I didn't think it was that hot down there. Really, I thought it, wasn't it was good.
0: It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Uh, and again, I've been in a lot worse than that. Oh yeah. You know, we were just getting official field readings. Um if you want to fight and scratch and claw about what it really felt like, that's fine. I'm just telling you whenever I saw a couple of them, I was like, whoa, it doesn't seem like it's that hot." So they did a great job. Uh well we got, I felt I felt like we got a little bit of a breeze every now and then and uh everyone involved worked really hard to make shame, make sure everyone was comfortable. So I I found yep. that to be really cool.
3: I uh – uh we stayed till about the end of the third quarter. I wanted to watch the quarterback
0: play, and he's pretty impressive. He is a very impressive dude. He is you know, a he very was good. impressive was, dude. You know what? The worst part of the whole
3: deal was going back. You know why? Why is that? Because that stupid train got held up over there.
0: I Okay, I was still in the stadium, but I heard a lot about it. Was everyone okay from that? Well, I don't know. They hit it, hit a car. But I know one thing: the people walking back
3: had to go almost to your Street to get to get around. I probably walked seven miles. But wow. We finally crossed on the train. There was a bunch of us cross on the train, and Norman police said, "No, you can't do that." Well, there was about twenty of us that did it because we weren't walking no farther. So we just went over the. Between the train deal, oh. went up the steps and went down. Well, I'm glad you were okay.
0: Um, and that thing oh, start I'm okay. On. I had to have some right. people help me because I'm not very tall. You know <laughs> that. <laughs> hey, uh, Coach T, you mentioned you stayed around for the quarterbacks. What'd you think of Jackson Arnold in the second half? I thought he was pretty impressive to me. I like him a lot.
3: I like but him. I a lot. just, hey, I just had a blast being there. That's the most fun, just being going to the game. And I can't wait till this Saturday. Appreciate the call. It's just fun being there. Yeah,
0: appreciate the call, hey, Coach T.
3: One, one more thing. My grandson played his first high school football games Friday night for sophomore, and he got to play more than I thought. He made about five tackles. But, boy, I'll tell you what, those facilities at Mustang High School are about as best as I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. That place is impressive.
0: Man, it is. It truly is. Thanks. And Appreciate it, Coach have, team. They have got a good football team. They're good. You so, know, I, but I'm proud of Sophomore. They'll win some
3: games and uh he did pretty good for a sophomore. I'm pretty proud of him. All right,
0: bud, thanks for the call. The facilities across Oklahoma for high school football are incredible. Incredible. I know there's areas that need to improve. But he mentioned Mustang. I remember, gosh, it's been a minute now. We had a game. I think Bixby played Mustang many years ago. And I had to go out there, and they were just in the infancy of building a lot of those new uh, facilities. And it was just, you could see the vision, and it's incredible. Um, I mean, my beloved Washington Warriors, who are 2-0. Uh, Josh, Washington and Jones in a high school spotlight on Friday. I don't know how this keeps happening, but we'll have Brad Beller back on Friday. Love it. Um I mean, you just look across high school football. There's really great facilities. Did we get to gra- Did we get a chance on Friday to high five and congratulate you on the shutout win in the uh, cross town clash?
1: No, no, oh, we didn't. You, that's right. You, you and I didn't get to uh, hang on Friday. So, congrats, man! All right, one more call
0: before the break. True Sooner is in the house. What's up, True? Yeah, Chris.
4: Those lights are on every game. I don't know. If are it's they? Because. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's because they, if clouds come over, they're, they're already on. I mean, I don't know what the purpose of that okay. is. Someone uh, yeah. said,
0: one of the guys checked this. I never noticed if they were always on. I'm not going to lie. But someone said it's because it takes away from the shadows on TV. Now, I'm okay. not, not going to sit here and fight and scratch and claw. I don't care. Um, but I, I did learn something here today. So I'll take that as an answer.
4: I was going to tell you, I did learn something after, after evaluating the offense and the defense and looking at the defensive backs and the secondary and the offensive line and blah, 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 all that stuff. My number one takeaway was that when you win 73 to nothing, people are still going to bitch.
1: It's <laughs> a good takeaway.
0: Well, my- I, I, we, we've joked about this a lot on this show, right? And, Drew, I know you listen. Josh, I I think we all, I think we all share this feeling. There's going to be a lot of oh, you're 1 and 0. We were 3 and 0 last year. Call me whenever we beat Texas or when we play well against Iowa State or something of that nature. We we knew this was coming, right? We we were prepared for this. So, I don't think anyone's being overly that, negative. I just think they're they're trying to withhold some judgment if you will. Well, and it was Arkansas well, State, right? I mean, yeah, yeah
1: but it was Arkansas State. It's just you know, it, it is it, what it is. You
4: know what though, Josh? this team though, there's just something that looked different Saturday and I don't know this team would have played this team last year. they would have smacked them, but I'm convinced it would have been forty five to fourteen or forty five to seventeen and I know it's hard to I know it's hard to do that, but I don't know they just seems they're just and maybe this is a one time deal i doubt if it is, but they they just seem a little and maybe it's that that those words competitive depth, maybe that's it
1: well, it's the third most points ever in a season opening first half in o u history so Thanks. You know, say the opponent was this or that, but it was a historically significant performance for OU. Yeah,
4: we'll see what they do down the road. But, man, I tell you, they, they – uh, I mean and, – and the defensive line not getting to the quarterback, does anybody ever think that maybe they didn't – maybe they didn't show all their, their their blitzing packages? I don't know.
0: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Appreciate the phone call. And even Brent see said you, that afterwards. Hey, we went – Now four-man rush against, you know, they max protect. It's not like he had a lot of time sitting back there dancing around either. There you go. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from the voice of the Sooners in our Monday roundtable recap. As we look back at 70 – I almost did it again, Josh. I'm trying so hard to make this game 77-0. 73 to zip, Sooner win against Arkansas State. You're tuned in to the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, on Mondays around this time, we're going to go in-depth on what we learned from Saturday with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and Teddy Lame. And Teddy is out today, so couch everything with Arkansas State. But I felt, Toby, even as things progressed and you went deeper in the depth chart, you might have more busts. You might have more penalties. But I think the Sooners only committed, what, two second-half penalties they didn't have any turnovers. So when you went to that second and third team, I, I thought it was incredibly reassuring that you didn't have a situation where all of a sudden the bottom fell out. Everyone understood their responsibility.
5: Yeah, that that's usually what happens: is you start to see the opposing offense move the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially when your second team defense and in this case even third team defense is out there. And then afterwards we say, yeah, but it was on the reserves. So let's don't all get worried about that. I don't think there was any difference in how effective Arkansas State was or wasn't whether they were facing the first, second, or, or third team guys. So now that's encouraging. I mean, the future for P.J. Ware is very bright. The future for uh, Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie and Dasan McCullough and Peyton Bowen, and on and on. Josiah Wagner, we didn't even see Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those freshman running backs, uh, we are just now starting to see uh, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson start to show what they can do. So, no, I, I, if you left Owen Field Saturday and weren't pretty excited about, you know, show number one for this team, then uh, you're a perfectionist, and I get it. I mean, you know, there are things that can be done better. But, man, that was pretty good.
0: That was good stuff. Uh, Toby Rowland hanging with us, the voice of the Sooners. T. Row, what about G. Freaky? Uh, I thought this was a really good question. I want to play it for you. This was Brent Venables in the post-game press conference. Was asked about a guy like Gavin Freeman having a game like he did, walk-on gets a scholarship, and how – that really kind of hey there's opportunities here beyond just scholarship players and it kind of sells the buy-in too
2: yeah I, I mean I think it 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 creates the buy-in that you want you know uh, you know from again everybody have a genuine appreciation for everybody's role in their journey everybody's going through something you know and uh, pulling for each other and having a selfless you know attitude and Uh, Being thankful for the opportunity and thankful for, you know, a brotherhood and we Like probably everybody we push family and relationships and connection. I think that's foundationally and you know, that's where everything starts and uh, And so I love to see that everybody, you know, it's an endearing thing to see and as opposed to self-promotion and it's all about me and what's about my opportunities I, I love that and I love an underdog story. And uh and so do the players. And uh but we've got a, a bunch of guys like that. That was uh that was anytime you're in position and you can do that, that's uh you want to reward guys that deserve it. And what were we gonna say?
0: And he did. Uh you know the one thing that was interesting to me, Toby, or i I guess not interesting, fun to see. Have you seen the picture of the sideline? whenever yeah. Gavin's running the touchdown. Yeah. You just see that pure excitement and boy, that last move that he made. Holy smokes. G freaky. has got the potential to be something really special.
5: I I like the legacy stories. You know, it's always fun when you see, you know, Sterling Shepard out there. And in this case, Gavin Freeman and Drake Stoops, those two guys are a problem. You know, Freeman and Stoops are a problem. And, I thought they would have a hard time getting them on the field together, but I don't think so anymore. I think that they'll find a way because you really put an opposing defense in a quandary trying to figure out how to defend those guys in the slot. They are both so quick and able to create space and good with the ball in their hands in the open field. There's no way you can put a linebacker on them. And really – there's no way you can put a safety on them so are you you got to commit a corner which you know gives you a problem on the outside or takes somebody out of the box it's an issue and if you put both of them on the field now you've really created a problem for the defense <laughs> and one's 5'8 and the other's not much more than that and they both play so hard they're both tough uh they're both Quick as snot, and I can't wait to see, and hopefully Drake's okay. Uh, it sounds like at least the initial prognosis was that, that it's not serious. But if those guys can play alongside each other or in place of each other or return punts or however they're used this year, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, watching Stoops and Freeman. And what, a, what an opening statement. Again, back-to-back years, Gavin mm-hmm. Freeman, first touch, takes it to the house.
0: Here were the drives for the Sooners. Um, Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. touchdown. Punt. I mean, that's – I get it, right? Again, everything couched, Arkansas State. But, Toby, that level of efficiency, to know that when Jackson Arnold came in the game, uh, he was perfect. And, you know, a lot of those were pretty easy passes. But that ball that he threw to Jaden Gibson – Holy smokes.
5: Uh, uh, I was rattling off all the freshmen while well ago. I forgot to even mention Jackson Arnold. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, at the very least, the backup quarterback position is light years ahead of where it was last mm-hmm. year. Okay? At the very least. But, I mean, for your first game to go 11 for 11, all of the hype and expectations to come out there and look like that, I mean, man. I hope... All year long, he is Dylan Gabriel's backup, and Dylan Gabriel has a year that lands him in New York City, and Jackson's able to make some plays here or there, but but learn. I hope that's what happens, but I feel re- we all should feel really good about handing the reins to this young man next year for the first year in the SEC. That's going to be awesome.
0: I'm glad you mentioned, though, I hope Dylan Gabriel plays every game and hope he's the backup all year long, because in addition to how good that Jackson Arnold looked, W, I thought Dylan Gabriel Mm -hmm. was fantastic. I mean, we just reeled off the depth chart. But the way that he executed the offense, I I think he had, what, maybe one or two throws that he wished he had back. But I thought he looked incredibly improved from last year.
5: Yep, sharp, really sharp. A couple of deep balls that he underthrew, got penalties on those. But got to time those up a little bit better. That's really the only thing, though. I mean, the intermediate stuff was – on time, on target, the swing passes, the stuff on the edge. He was hitting guys in stride. Um, He had the one where the uh, opponent, uh, Arkansas State, jumped off sides, realized he had the free play, took a deep shot. I think that was one of the penalties that they got there. He's just, you know, he's a vet. Mm -hmm. uh, He's been playing football since the Clinton administration, basically, and (laughs) he understands it. It's not a big deal to him. Uh, he knows what the defense is trying to do, he knows where his guys are supposed to be, he understands the offense. And I, the real test for Dylan will still be on down the road when he has to make the clutch throw in the clutch moment. That's where he wasn't great last year. The big third and fourth down plays with the game on the line. And hopefully they don't see one of those for a bit. But it's going to happen. At some point, he's going to have to make a big throw to – to seal a win or to put a game away or to come back and win. And uh, that will be really when we can judge if Dylan Gabriel's taking a step forward this year.
0: Hey, injury-wise, at bad timing, right? Drake gets the touchdown, and then as soon as Coach Stoops joins us in the broadcast booth, Drake goes down. Yeah. Uh, the good news is, is it's not a tear. Uh, Could have wanted to come back in the game. They didn't let him. McCullough's ankle seems to be okay. We'll keep an eye. The Davis-Bevel thing was – concerning but it,
5: that looked bad
0: it did it got me thinking a lot though not the davis bevel, bevel injury but drake how fun it's going to be to have coach stoops in the booth and maybe we should talk about that a little bit more we learned purple right that's that's what happens right. whenever someone jumps offside purple and you go purple purple. Yep. purple purple um but how fun is it to have coach stoops in uh in the oh. first quarter good stuff man
5: i i he was in there for like i think it was nine and a half nine minutes a half of game minutes. time it was probably like 20 <laughs> minutes uh on on the real clock at least at one point I'm sitting there and I'm just watching him and Teddy talk to my right. I'm like, this is unbelievable, man. I mean, we got you flipping around the dial on a Saturday, listening to college football. And we've got Bob stoops and Teddy Lehman as our color analyst with gay biker on the sidelines. I mean, nobody can touch that. And he's great. He's yelling out in the middle of plays and it was, it's a lot of fun. So it's going to be great all year long. Bob's going to join us in the first quarter for a bit. And, um, he's, he's, I mean, he's going to do it whether we want him to or not. He always comes in our booth and says, hey, you guys want to put me on the air? So uh, this year we're like, let's just sign you up. First quarter, every game, we got Coach Stoops, and, uh, yeah, he he's the best.
0: Hey, one final thought before I let you get out of here, Toby, and we appreciate your time. You mentioned the receivers. Boy, it's always fun whenever a camp storyline, a camp star, ends up balling out, and I – Listen, I know the Jaden Gibson catch. I know the Nick Anderson catch. But if you go back early, Andrell Anthony, a guy that you had in your not, – not necessarily spotlight, but a guy that whenever we were talking about players in camp that you were excited to see, you mentioned Andrell Anthony. Uh, and he looked apart, man. I was really impressed with him early in that game.
5: Yeah, I think he'll end up being the Marvin Mims of this team. I think that obviously he's a deep threat. They took several shots at him. All game long, or when he was in there, and right off the bat in that opening series. But I, I think because of that speed, he's going to be able to get open in the intermediate as well, and uh, he's a good size target too. You know, he's a. Mm-hmm. When we were at practice last week, and you, you stand next to him, he's bigger than I realized anyway, six one. But he, he's got some good height to him, so I think he's going to end up being the leading receiver in terms of of yardage this year. But the complementary pieces, I mean, we've already mentioned Stoops and Freeman and Gibson, hopefully that was a shot in the arm of confidence for him, the way he played. Nick Anderson has a chance to be a really good player. Farouk didn't do much Saturday, but we know what he can do. Petaway had nine catches. Uh, Brendan Thompson's hurt. We haven't even seen him yet. Uh, A couple of those backup tight ends made 20-plus yard plays. So I think the receiving cores is – maybe deeper than I realized. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who rises to the top and becomes the trusted receivers for Dylan Gabriel as this year goes. Toby,
0: have a great rest of your Monday. Shows on tonight. Shows on tonight. That's right. Might be Labor Day.
5: Yeah, we got 6 o'clock, the huddle, Gabe and Caleb Kelly uh, with me for that. And then, of course, Brent Venable's show with Teddy at 7 o'clock. Come on out. Have some barbecue.
0: Thanks, Toby. Talk to you again tomorrow. See you, bud.
5: See you, Josh. So it's the
0: hangover – the hangover. It's the it's the crossover on steroids because Teddy will join us during that as well. Let's break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on Hour 2 with your text. Plus, the top five stories of the day make ways for our top five takeaways from Saturday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Josh, did you see – Well, you're not a big Facebook guy, right? You don't regularly get on Facebook. Uh, What did I miss on
1: Facebook? What Brady
0: Sexton posted the other day, our buddy Brady. uh, He texted, or posted, I guess I should say. Now that the season is underway, it's time for the greatest annual debate in Norman. Should a man lock the restroom door at the Mont when going number one? There are three toilets inside. This is a hot button issue. (laughs) Funny enough, that's what we got post game. I got some Mont Carriot. It was fantastic. I don't think there's anything on the menu you can go wrong with. And I would say to that answer, I don't, I don't lock the door unless if it's busy. I don't. If there's, if it's like a slow day, I might. But you can't on game day, can you? Probably it's frowned upon. Yeah. Good debate, Brady. We'll take that one up with the uh, with the texters in June and July. And then there's this from the 405. Guys, listening to the post-game comments of Gibson, Jane Gibson, really bothered me when he talked about people talking about him on social media last year and how that affected him. Please tell him that people that complain are 1% of the fan base and 99% support him and all the players. I... The lack of care or concern... And some of that is through anonymity that most of you people have for what you say or or how you talk about people on Twitter and Facebook is concerning. And it has been for years. And you just don't care. I, I, I don't get it. I, I never have. It is disappointing. But Jane Gibson talked about, hey, I got, I got through it because I really started focusing on my mental side. I started focusing on, you know, drowning out that and not focusing and obsessing over it. All right, top five things we learned from Saturday next.